Hi, this is Chris Foreman from Madness, and you're listening to the Stateside Madness podcast. <laughs> Hi there, folks out there. I'd like you to meet Tommy McGuire's combo. Hello, and welcome to the Stateside Madness podcast, the one and only podcast of the official Madness American fan service. I'm Lori, along with my co-host Polly, here to bring you news, reviews, and deep dives into the nutty sound of the British pop band Madness. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Madness podcast, the official podcast of the website statesidemadness.com. I'm Lori. And I'm Polly. And we have a really, really good episode ahead for you in just a few minutes. But first, we have some very important news for our listeners. So it's time for The Communicator. All right. Well, the most important news that we have today, we've just learned that Madness has announced that their 2022 U.S. tour has been canceled due to COVID. Uh, On Facebook and Twitter, they put out a statement. We are sad to announce that due to the continuing COVID travel situation, we have taken the hard decision to cancel our USA tour. Our plan is to return to the USA in 2023. Until then, please go to the vendor where you purchased your ticket for a refund. Now, if you purchase your ticket through Ticketmaster, Ticketmaster is saying that refunds will automatically be issued within 30 days. So there's nothing that you have to do. Polly, boy, you and I were really looking forward to this tour. Any thoughts? Uh, yeah, just that it's, uh, you know, of, of, of course, uh, we are, and we understand that uh, Stateside Madness listeners will be quite disappointed about this. Um, we can really hope that they are good to their word and they do make it back in 2023. Uh, but somehow this is uh, marginally more merciful than uh, continuing to cancel, uh, uh, rather continuing to postpone over and over. So, um, yeah. There yeah. you go. I know. I, you know, I agree. I think just uh, refunding is, is the best call here rather than postponing yet again. Right. Because this tour was originally supposed to be 2020 and then it was 2021. Right. It just kept getting postponed and postponed. I, I, I'm of mixed mind of this here. So, you know, as you know, this would have been my first time to ever see Madness Live. So I'm really, really disappointed in that respect. But I was also getting a little bit of anxiety as I was thinking about having to travel out to California and and be on a packed plane full of people with this Omicron surge that's going on. So I understand why they made the decision they did. Um, I really hope that that they do come through in 2023. Maybe they'll give us a proper USA tour this time and, and not just the East and West Coast. You know, maybe they'll Maybe they'll finally come to Chicago. Maybe they'll do some Midwest dates. I mean, I don't know. Maybe 
wishful thinking <laughs> but we can we can hope yeah it'd be it'd be nice to see them do uh a few more shows you know six six shows seven shows that's not a really a proper tour well and let's be honest they're not getting any younger you know yeah. there aren't going to be too many other chances for fans to see them especially over here in the u.s so the last time they played in the U.S. was 2012. They played in Las Vegas, and I think they played in California. The last time they played my city, Chicago, 1983. I wasn't even old enough to think about going to a concert. So come on, boys. Let, let's do this right. 2023, give us a proper USA tour. And there you have it. Yeah, let's not dwell on that anymore. On to better news. Uh, BMG has announced a few more reissues. Now, uh, our understanding, as best we know, is that on February 4th, BMG will be reissuing the 1985 album Mad Not Mad. It's going to be on 180 gram black vinyl, and it will feature brand new liner notes by Christy Boy, Chaz Smash, Woody, and Lee Thompson. As well, on February 11th, BMG will be reissuing The Madness. Again, on heavyweight 100 gram vinyl, uh, the release includes <coughs> the release includes new liner notes from Cathal Smith, Carl, Lee Thompson, and Chris Foreman. So uh, look for those. Don't hold us to those release dates. These release dates have kind of been a bit all over the place, and um, as they're not very widespread releases in the United States. Um, that doesn't mean there's going to be landing in your store on these dates. If at all, you might have to go looking for them, but please do. That's actually kind of exciting. I think about the madness being re-released because that one has been very, very hard to find for fans. Um, I actually got my CD many years ago. I bought it used from a shop that shipped it from Russia. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that'll be a good opportunity for fans to especially for vinyl lovers, even though you know how I, how I feel about them. You know, I think vinyl lovers, you guys are weird, but hey, you know, you do you. <laughs> um, but that's it for the communicator. What time is it? Showtime. And we're really excited about this episode this week because we're going to be talking about movies, specifically madness in the movies. And while I'm thinking of it, Polly, have you had a chance to see Marvel's Eternals yet? Uh, oddly enough, I went to go and watch it on Disney Plus uh, a couple of days ago, and um, it decided it needed to buffer for like a million years, which is kind of strange. So I, I just found myself doing something else. So no, oh. I've not watched it yet. Oh, well, the reason I ask is there's a, a little bit of a madness connection. One of the very early scenes in the film, uh, two of the Eternals are actually fighting a monster. The monster's called the Deviant. And it's it takes place at Camden Lock. And I, it's like okay. right right in front of that very iconic what is that a bridge that says Cam camden lock and all that and i do believe so, so yeah so i there was a picture of you on your your trip in front mm -hmm. of that bridge yeah yeah yeah. 
Yeah, so for our listeners who are wondering what I'm going on about, uh, Camden Town is where our boys from Madness are originally from. So, you know, of course, I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, hey, I know that place. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so what we're doing this week, something a little bit different, we're going to be talking about Madness songs that have been included in uh, major films and different appearances that uh, the songs have made. And we dug all the way back to the very early days of the band. So the band's first documented film appearance uh, would have taken place at Dance Craze back in 1981. As we discussed in our Dance Craze episode, uh, back in episode 13, about a year ago, Dance Craze was originally supposed to be a documentary about madness, but it was expanded to include the other two-tone acts. As we've talked about that a bit, we're really not going to get too much into that. We've also talked a fair bit about Take It or Leave It, the band's sort of homemade DIY autobiographical film. We're going to be devoting an entire episode to that in the future as well, so we're also not going to get too heavily into that. really kind of major appearance uh, in a, a film that was not specifically about madness or two-tone was in 1989. So there was a British film called The Tall Guy, which starred Jeff Goldblum, Rowan Atkinson, and Emma Thompson. So Polly, this is the DVD that I sent you. It and, is. Uh, we had a little bit of a mishap, didn't we? Uh, not us so much as the, the United States Postal Service, but yes, we did. <laughs> Polly sent me a picture. He, well, first he sends me a text and he says, uh, it arrived soaking wet. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe they dropped it in the snow, but this picture that he sent me, it looked like it had been run over by a truck. And yet somehow you managed to salvage the disc itself. <laughs> So I know that you were able to at least watch part of it, right? So it's very hard to find this movie in the U.S., which is why I ordered the DVD. So it's a romantic comedy starring Jeff Goldblum, who is one of my all-time favorite actors. I love him. So he plays Dexter King, who is an American straight man or sidekick to a British comedian who's uh, named Ron Anderson. Ron Anderson played by Rowan Atkinson. And so it kind of goes over, you know, the uh, trials and tribulations of being an American living in the UK. And then he also falls in love with his doctor, who's uh, Kate, played by Emma Thompson. Now, you would think a movie starring Jeff Goldblum and Rowan Atkinson would be absolutely phenomenal. They're two terrific actors. I love Rowan Atkinson. I love Jeff Goldblum. I forced myself to sit through the entire movie. It was really, really bad. Uh, Polly, I don't, you didn't even get that far, did you? <laughs> not, not, at, not at all. Uh, it was gonna, 
be too much a test of endurance for me to withstand really any romantic comedy. But I could tell kind of early on this was a real shit show. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. And um, It Must Be Love is actually featured pretty early on in the film. There's a montage of love scenes between Jeff Goldblum and Emma Thompson. Suggs actually has a little bit of a cameo and he's singing uh, during this montage of love scenes. But I mean, to give you an idea of just how terribly bad this movie is, if you look at the credits on IMDb, one of the credits is Talking Underpants. There is actually during the It Must Be Love cameo, uh, there, there's a pair of dirty underpants that is singing. It, it's absolutely awful. But the one redeeming quality, I think, is the song. So, madness, it must be love. I never thought I'd miss you half as much as I do. And I never thought I'd feel this way, the way I feel about you. Every night, every day I know that it's you I need To take the blues away It must be love, love, love It must be love, Did you have anything else you wanted to throw in? No, don't ever do that to me again. <laughs> <laughs> do what, make you watch a movie? Make me watch a rom-com. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then you should be thankful then that I didn't make you watch the others. <laughs> All right. So uh, It Must Be Love has actually been used in a number of other films. Some of you might remember The Bachelor from 1999, which starred Chris O'Donnell and Renee Zellweger. And then there was Someone Like You in 2001, starring Ashley Judd, Greg Kinnear, and Hugh Jackman. I'll be honest, I think most of these romantic comedies, uh, to me, just kind of all have become blurred. It, at least in that time period, late 90s, early 2000s, it was really kind of an overdone genre. And if you were to ask me specifics about these movies, I don't think I could, I don't think I could tell you. And Polly, you're nodding yes, so I, I get the feeling it's the same for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I Romantic comedies uh, always get a little bit in the way of uh, being disparaged, but not nearly to the uh, extent that I think like uh, superhero movies and sci-fi do. Uh, I was thinking about it uh, as we we're preparing for this episode in the uh, what I would consider relative injustice. Not that superhero movies and science fiction uh, get beat on so much, but I'd like to see romantic comedies beat on a lot more than they get beat on. <laughs> Another romantic comedy that used It Must Be Love was Licensed to Wed. So that was a 2007 movie starring Mandy Moore, The Office's John Krasinski, and Robin Williams, who played Reverend Frank. For a Robin Williams movie, especially one of the last ones of his career, as you know, sadly, uh, his life was cut very short. I expected so much more of this movie. It was awful. I'm not going to mince words there. Um, did you happen to see this one, Polly, or do you remember it at no. all? No, no, not no. at all. Not so enough there the, for me. 
the the idea is that Mandy Moore and John Krasinski are going to get married in a church, but the pastor, who is Robin Williams, requires them to take a church uh, marriage counseling course before he'll agree to marry them. And he really has them jumping through a lot of hoops and doing a lot of absolutely ridiculous stuff. Uh, one of the tasks was they had to care for a pair of robotic twins. And these twins were just so freaking creepy. It was just creepy. And then the other thing that was kind of creepy, it just didn't age very well. There's a, a I guess he's a choir boy uh, who's kind of uh, Reverend Frank's assistant that is always kind of uh, doing you know, tasks for him, spying on the couple for him and stuff. So in light of the, the church abuse scandals and everything else that has come to light, uh, it really seems kind of creepy now. Yeah, that movie was pretty bad. You know, as long as we're talking about It Must Be Love, there was one other film that I found that used it. Uh, it's not a romantic comedy, however. This was an art house film called Frank. It stars Michael Fassbender, Domhnall Gleeson, who is um, Brendan Gleeson's son, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and uh, it was released in 2014. And um, so there, there's a little bit with It Must Be Love in this movie, but oh my gosh, Polly, you have to see this movie. My mind was completely blown. So what it's about is uh, Michael Fassbender is playing uh, uh, an artist, musician type, but he always wears this gigantic plastic head like uh, oversized, kind of looks like a, a toy, like a Lego or something, or one of those Fisher-Price little people. And he never allows himself to be seen in public without this giant head. And that's kind of part of, uh, part of his artistic shtick. Domhnall Gleeson's character, just through a weird twist of fate, just happens to be at the right place at the right time and gets asked to join this band and go to Ireland and record with them. And I don't know how to describe this movie. It is just so, it's so good. I really was not expecting to like this movie as much as I did. So if you like really kind of weird humor and, and artistic type stuff, this is a good one to watch. Um, had you heard of that one at all? No, uh, I'm surprised I haven't because I, uh, I really do, uh, with the exception of Domino Gleason, um, you know, I'd be uh, interested in seeing almost anything that the remaining staff, uh, <clears throat> the remaining cast are in. So, uh, yeah, I'm surprised I haven't heard about it, but uh, I will try to make yeah, a point to watch it. Yeah, you should check it out. So it's available on uh, Amazon Prime Video. Uh, it was free with a Magnolia subscription. And so what I did is I just did the free trial of the Magnolia subscription for seven days and just watched, you know, what I could. Um, so it must be love plays into it and very early on. So Donald Gleason's character is actually a songwriter and he's composing a song. If you, if you watch very closely as he's riding the bus, if you listen, you can kind of hear somebody on the bus has it must be love on their headphones. You can hear it just kind of really tinny. And then he goes to compose a song. So let's listen to the part where Domino Gleason's character is composing a song. Okay, idea for a song in A minor, possible title, Suburbia. I dream of an angel, down to E in the bass, to take me away. 
to G. Take me away, see? From these little boxes. Back to A. I dream of an angel up there. To take. Oh, hang on. such a good movie i actually went out and recommended it to a few friends after i watched it so that was called frank check it out you guys as it turns out it must be love was not the only madness song used in a movie or in fact a romantic comedy wings of a dove was used in the movie 10 things i hate about you from 1999 now that movie was a retelling of shakespeare's taming of the shrew it featured heath ledger as Patrick Verona, or the character that would have been Petruchio, Julia Stiles as Kat Strafford, or Catherine, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Cameron James, or Lucentio, Larissa Olenek as Kat's sister Bianca, and there were also some other bits in there, hilarious parts from Daryl Mitchell and Allison Janney. So uh, as our listeners know, I, I am a college professor, so we're kind of off for a few weeks in between terms. So I spent most of my break watching a lot of these videos and 10 Things I Hate About You is available on Amazon Prime Video. So it's free with your Amazon Prime subscription. I was actually very surprised. I may have seen this movie when it came out, but it was actually, I think, as far as romantic comedies go, it was pretty well done. I mean, it takes place in a high school. So obviously, I'm not the person that they're targeting. They're obviously targeting a younger crowd. It was really uh, kind of heartbreaking to see Heath Ledger because I think he does so well. Kind of the bad boy. And, and he plays it well, but with a little bit of charm, a little bit of sparkle in his eye. The one that I was really pleasantly, well, the actor that I really love anyway is uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And that he was just terrific. And yeah, so uh, as they're getting ready, they're making plans to go to prom and uh, they're outside and, and Kat is talking to, I don't remember. It might've been her sister. I don't remember who she's talking to, but yeah, there's a soccer practice going on. There's a track practice going on and they're playing Wings of a Dove, which is kind of a surprising use of a madness song. And all together, moving on from romantic comedies, uh, let's get into action or crime dramas. Now, the first instance of a Madness song being used in an action movie would have been in The Avengers in 1998. No, not that Avengers. Uh, this Avengers would have been an adaptation of the 1961 to 1969 
British spy series, The Avengers. Uh, the movie stars Ralph Fiennes and Uma Thurman as secret agents John Steed and Emma Peel. Sean Connery appears in it as well as Sir August de Winter, a mad scientist bent on controlling the world's weather. Now, sounds great, doesn't it? As it turns out, though, uh, the movie was really a flop, um, and beyond just not being a commercial success, critically panned pretty much across the board. It was nominated for a bunch of Razzie Awards, including Worst Picture, Worst Director, Worst Screenplay, Worst Actor, Worst Actress, Worst Supporting Actor, Worst Screen Couple, Ralph Fiennes, Uma Thurman, and Sean Connery, you know, really getting panned pretty badly there. It also won the Razzie for the worst remake or sequel. However, it includes the Suggs solo career effort, the song I Am in the closing credits. Let's take a listen. movie in the theater when it came out I was really excited love Uma Thurman love Sean Connery once was enough for me I never needed to see it again I mean um, this was kind of a time period where they were doing a lot of remakes of a lot of old TV shows I seem to remember around this time there was also The Saint uh, starring Val Kilmer they were, you know that was kind of the trend I gotta tell you other than there's one scene where I think Ray Fiennes is uh, sitting naked and you kind of see his butt. Um, I, I don't remember anything else from that movie. That's how memorable it was. So another film in the crime drama category, which features a madness song was a film called Cass. Now that came out in 2008. It is available on prime video with your Amazon Prime subscription, at least in the United States. I can't speak to other countries. But uh, this is based on the true story of the life of Cass Pennant. Now, he was an orphaned Jamaican boy who was adopted by an elderly white couple and brought up in an all-white area of London. And growing up, he endured bullying because of the color of his skin and also because of his name. Uh, his first name was actually Carol which is a very common man's name in Jamaica, but in the UK, it's considered a woman's name. So he really kind of had two strikes against him, his skin color and then his name, and it really made him a target for bullies. So as a result, he turned to a life of crime and he rose through the ranks to become the leader of ICF, the intercity firm. Now, this was a football hooligan firm or a soccer hooligan firm. And it's kind of worth talking about what exactly that means. Um, because in the US, we don't really have anything like this. I mean, this is not like the rivalry between Chicago Bears fans and Green Bay Packer fans, you know, where they're just talking smack to each other. 
But in the UK, the football hooligan firms are really akin to street gangs. There's like a hierarchy. There's a, a criminal element associated with it. Um, it's really kind of kind of bleak. And I, I guess the equivalent that I could make to that, you know, I, I said like street gangs. Well, you know how like uh, some street gangs here in the United States, like for example, wear Raiders jackets, right? So they're kind of co-opting the, the colors and the insignia of a team to represent their gang. And that's kind of how I could best explain this. So um, the Madness song, One Step Beyond, is playing in the background in a pub about 16 minutes into the film. So it's pretty early on. One of the characters named Ray is, is kind of talking about how he just got out on 20 grand bail. One step beyond. Hey, you! Don't watch that! Watch this! This is the heavy, heavy monster sound! The nuttiest sound around! So if you've come in off the street and you're beginning to feel the heat, well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockinest, rock-steady beat of madness. One step beyond! So as I mentioned, this one is free on Prime Video. Um, I did try to watch it. I got maybe about 45 minutes in and it just, there was nobody in it that was likable. You know, I, I kind of, they're, they're presenting this guy's story and I'm sure, you know, it's based on his autobiography. So I'm sure there's something very moving in the autobiography, but it was really just, you know, kind of stumbling from, you know, one, one scene to the next. I don't know. I, there was nothing in it that I really thought was very relatable. So another crime drama, which uses a madness song also in a bar is a 2011 film called girl walks into a bar. Now I had not heard of this one and it turns out this was an internet only release. It was actually released on YouTube. So this movie is available on YouTube. It's got a great cast. So it's about a dentist played by uh, Zachary Quinto trying to hire a hitman named Francine Driver. And Francine is really an undercover cop. She's played by Carla Gugino. There's a lot of intertwined subplots. There's uh, Josh Hartnett as Francine's supervisor, Officer Salazar. Danny DeVito plays one of the dentist's patients who turns out to be a mobster. And Rosario Dawson is a hat check girl at a nude ping pong club, which yes, that's exactly what you think it is. I guess they're kind of going for this Tarantino-esque, you know, overlapping subplots and how all these people are related to each other. It, it was okay. It, it wasn't, wasn't spectacular, it was okay. But um, again, very early on in the film, there's a scene uh, when the dentist is hiring driver the the hit woman if you listen very closely they're sitting in a booth in a bar and you can hear on the town playing in the background which i thought was an interesting choice let's listen i it's early 
It's raining and the street lights streaming through my windows, casting shadows on the ceiling. The room is oh so empty, stand against the wall. The clock is ticking loudly, it's deafening in this quiet room. Oh, how long have I been waiting? interesting just because on the town is not i think one of the top songs that comes to mind for most people when you mention madness in the movies moving on to another genre perhaps the most appropriate for madness music uh we're going to talk about comedy films now in 2001 the movie mean machine came out it was a british adaptation of the longest yard featuring soccer or football rather than American football. Now the movie stars Vinnie Jones as Danny, the mean machine man, Jason Fleming, Jason Stratham, and Vaz Blackwood. It includes the song Baggy Trousers. Gotta give him points for that. Let's take a listen. You know, I have not. I haven't either, uh, just because I think I was too cheap to rent it. But, I, you know, I really want to just because I think it's got such a good cast. They're really uh, using most of the same cast as in the movie Snatch. Vinnie Jones, Jason Fleming, Jason Statham, Vass Blackwood. That cast had such good chemistry. I love Snatch and I love um, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke and Barrels, two, two of Guy Ritchie's very early films. So for that reason, I do want to see this one. So this is on my watch list. What's next, Polly? Uh, next would be The Brothers Grimsby, a 2016 movie. Now, this movie is a send-up of spy films. It stars Borat himself, Sasha Baron Cohen, as Nobby Butcher, Mark Strong as Sebastian Graves, Rebel Wilson, and Penelope Cruz. Now. If you were going to be looking for a Madness song to play, easily identifiable to perhaps draw people in, you would pick Our House, and that's what they did in the Brothers Grimsby. Let's take a listen. Mother's tired, she needs a rest. The kids are playing up downstairs. 
sister's saying in her sleep Brothers got a date to keep you cutting around Now, Lori, have you seen the Brothers Grimsby? I have. I have because I'm a huge Sasha Baron Cohen fan. How about you? Have you seen it? No, but uh, as, <laughs> as you're going to find out, I say many times during this episode, but um, in speaking with you the other day about it, I've uh, made it a point to say, you know, that's getting on the list as well. Definitely got to check it out. And it looks like the cast alone could make it a pretty strong movie. Well, you know, it's... I laughed a lot. I, I did think it was, the, but there was also a lot of, a lot of stuff that was kind of tacky. There's some AIDS jokes. Uh, there, there's a bit with elephant semen. If you go into it with an open mind, not expecting any high art. Uh, I mean, it, it is kind of very lowbrow humor, even for Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, interestingly enough, the brothers Grimsby, Grimsby is not the name of the, the brothers. Their name is actually Butcher. They're, they're from Grimsby. So the idea is uh, uh, Nobby and Mark were orphans and they became separated. One went into foster care, one was adopted. And so Sasha Baron Cohen's character, Nobby, he went into foster care, uh, marries Webble, Rebel Wilson and kind of just is, is generally, a, generally a dweeb. He has a bunch of kids, whereas Mark becomes a spy. MI6 kind of stuff, James Bond kind of stuff. And then when they end up reuniting, it's like this clash of the worlds, spy world versus, you know, soccer hoodlum, I guess. <laughs> it is what it is. You know, it, it, it has its moments. I did, I did laugh at quite a bit, but like I said, there is some stuff in there. It's kind of cringy. FYI. Okay. Next genre, foreign language films. Curious. You wouldn't think that uh, Madness recording pretty much solely in uh, English would appear in uh, a non-English film, but here we are. The German film from 2004, Der Wixer, translating in English as The Trixer, uh, that is a parody of crime films, especially the Edgar Wallace adaptations. Now, the characters named in it are Evan Longer and the Earl of Cockwood. Right there, Apologies to our English uh, friends. But right there, to an American ear, that sounds, you know, uh, a, 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 bit, a bit coy, a bit pithy. Um, so uh, there you go. That sets its own. There's a guy in it who looks like Hitler. There's another thing to add to the comedy. Um, and in it, there is the song, The Wizard. Now, it's not the Madness version. It's a cover by the band Right Said Fred featuring Doris Dubinsky in the closing credits. Let's listen to The Wizard. I can read what's going through your mind And I can see what you hide in your eyes Yes, I'm gonna put a spell on you Just to see exactly what you'll do Everywhere. Polly, 
mentioned that you had actually seen this one. Uh, so this is one you've seen that I haven't because I couldn't find it anywhere. How did you get to see it? Uh, I do believe um, this uh, was posted on a madness related um, site briefly. Oh. Yeah. I've only seen the, the trailer for it. Is it as ridiculous as it looks? <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 pretty much. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a fine offering. You know, you have to watch fairly closely, get a little bit distracted, and you're not paying attention to subtitles, and pretty soon you're, you're out of the game. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fine offering, particularly for a German comedy, which often doesn't translate particularly well. Parody, they do just fine. You know, as I was watching the trailer, it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Clue. Do you remember mm -hmm. the movie Clue with, uh, yeah. um, but if you actually enter Der Wixer into Google Translate, do you know what you get? I do not know. The wanker. Oh, well. Yeah. All right, well. In 2007, the sequel to Der Wixer came out. Nuez Vom Wixer. Now, I'm not really certain what the English translation is, but the title they gave it for the English release was The Vexer. This time, we have a Lord and Lady Dickham. There we go. There's the comedy value in that. Uh, however, what's notable about this for Madness fans is, is it includes the German release of NW5. That's different from the Norton Folgate version. And of course, our boys then uh, developed the NW5 video based off of footage from Jerry Wixer. Let's listen to the song, NW5. Yes, I watched you grow up Only to despise Witness the blessing rise up In a, a very strange disguise Nothing, it seems, lasts forever People change just like the weather Some for good and sometimes never I hope things work out for the You know, I haven't seen the Vexer, but I did see the Madness music video, the, the original one. And it's really interesting because it's basically the usual suspects. Mm -hmm. And it's got Suggs and Woody and Carl in it. So I thought that was interesting. I wonder why they would use the plot of one movie for the soundtrack from another movie. I don't know. So one other foreign film that I happened to find, it's a Turkish film. I'm not going to even try to pronounce the Turkish title. My friend Essie, if she was here, she'd be able to pronounce it for us. Uh, it's called There is a Loneliness in It. That is the, the English title. I, I did happen across the full movie on YouTube with English subtitles. So if this is something that you're interested in, uh, it is out there. The IMDb description is a retired guitarist avoids suffering his midlife crisis by spending time with his daughter and teaching kids how to play the guitar. Yet it's only until he makes a new girlfriend that he finally comes up with a solution to his crisis. 
in this movie, the song My Girl 2 is playing in the opening credits. Let's listen. Lately, I've been wondering about you and the things you do. I'm in love, but you drive me mad. Be so sad to be losing you last night when we had that fight in your car. Left me at the such grace like she owned the space she's so fine she looks so cool got no time nobody's fool my girl she don't read books my girl she gives daddy looks i'm going to be what she wants me to be so there is a loneliness in it I got maybe about two thirds of the way through and it's just very, very heavy on dialogue. I think it's supposed to be a romantic comedy, but it's really, uh, most of the movie is just characters talking. And, and I mean, I guess that's okay. You know, there was subtitles. I could follow along what was going on, but it just, it couldn't hold my interest. You know, it, it, movies, I think need to be more than just dialogue. If you're looking for dialogue, turn into a podcast. There you go. We do it in spades. Yeah. All right. So our last category, no, not next to last category, art house films. So there were two art house films. Uh, one of them I mentioned previously was Frank. I talked about that earlier in the podcast. The other one that I would consider an art, art house film is a film called The Edge of Love. So this came out in 2008. It is a British biographical romantic drama film. It was written by Sharman McDonald, who's Kira Knightley's mother. And it's, uh, it, it's about the Welsh poet, Dylan Thomas, and his wife and, and uh, other people that were in his life. So it stars Matthew Reese as Dylan Thomas, Sienna Miller as his wife, Catelyn Thomas, Kira Knightley as Dylan's ex-girlfriend, Vera, and Killian Murphy as Vera's new love interest, William Killick. It's really a bunch of love triangles. So even though Dylan Thomas is married to Catelyn, he still carries the torch for Vera. But Vera is marrying Killian, but Vera also still has feelings for Dylan. It's kind of convoluted. The best thing about this movie, I think, was the soundtrack, which was done by Angelo Badalamenti, who he's really well known for his work with David Lynch. Soundtrack was phenomenal. Suggs actually appears in this movie in, in a nightclub scene. So he's credited as the crooner, but some sources list him as Al Bowley. And Al Bowley actually was uh, alive during this time period, the same time period as Dylan Thomas. He was a, a famous uh, singer in the 40s. And uh, Suggs performs Al Bowley's song, Hang Out the Stars in Indiana. Hang out the stars in Indiana Up in the sky of midnight blue Hang out the stars in Indiana To light my way back home to you Have every robin sing a love song A melody just meant for two for in my heart there'll be a love song 
a song I love to sing to you. I'll put off finding things I sought for. No wonder they were all denied. The very happiness I fought for was right back by your side. I'm not even going to ask you if you've seen this one, Polly. I already know the answer. Thank you. <laughs> um, so uh, supposedly, um, Sharman McDonald, when she wrote this, she wrote the part for Catelyn Thomas. She wrote that with Kira Knightley, her daughter, in mind. But Kira, when she read the script, said, no, I don't want to play that part. I want to play Vera. If you're into Dylan Thomas, if you're into you know that particular genre, I think that this would be a very good film. I just wasn't particularly interested in any of the characters, so I, I didn't I, I didn't like it very much. Eh. Moving on to our final category, animated films. Now, the first animated film we'll speak of is Shark Tale. It's a 2004 movie from DreamWorks. It did feature an all-star cast, including Will Smith, Robert De Niro, Renee Zellweger, Jack Black, Angelina Jolie, and Martin Scorsese. It draws much of its inspiration from Casablanca, Jaws, and The Godfather. Now, the Madness song featured in it is the Wubble You remix of The Prince. Well, big up Prince Buster, the original gangster, Scarface, Al Capone, C-A-P-O-N-E, Capone. the one with the rasta jellyfish in the car wash i always associate that that song with them but uh i really like that remix though i like it a lot i like it better than the original don't hate me <laughs> all right another animated film which uh actually is available for free on prime video so if you want to uh watch something with the kids this weekend it's called thunder in the house of magic now, this came out in 2013. It's a very sweet movie about an abandoned cat named Thunder who takes up residence with a retired magician. And through a series of, of mishaps, the magician unfortunately winds up in the hospital. And um, the magician's nephew, who's very greedy, he's kind of the, the bad guy, uh, tries to sell the magician's house while, while the magician is in the hospital. So it's up to Thunder and the magician's other animals, Jack the Rabbit and Maggie the Mouse, as well as a number of, I guess they call them uh, animatronics, uh, just different like little uh, mechanized creatures that the magician has created. It's up to them to thwart the magician's greedy nephew and help the magician keep his house. The song House of Fun plays the first morning after Thunder has come into the house. He wakes up and uh, breakfast is being prepared and House of Fun is playing. 
this is free on prime video i thought it was a sweet movie it's a, i think it's a decent kids movie now if you have really really little kids they might find it a little bit scary uh you know especially when when the poor cat gets abandoned by its previous family but otherwise i think it's a decent kids film now there's actually a second movie that uses house of fun isn't there polly and it's a movie i've seen and a movie i actually really really love it is from 2015 sean the sheep movie now, a lot of you, maybe particularly our British listeners, are very, very familiar with the stop-motion animated kids show, Shaun the Sheep. Now, that's a spin-off of Wallace and Gromit, uh, very well known to British and American fans. In the movie, the fireman gets amnesia as a result of an accident and starts working in the city as a hairdresser named Mr. X. The sheep, unable to survive without the farmer, take the bus into the city to try to find him. Sean is captured by an animal control worker named Trumper. Now in this, like we said, House of Fun is featured when the three little pigs suddenly see the farmer at the window and they panic to clean up their mess. All right, Lori, so did you get to see Sean the Sheep? You know, it was playing on a flight uh, back in 2015, I remember seeing it uh, on a flight. I don't really remember much about it. I might have fallen asleep. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Now we're going to introduce the Herbert Awards for Outstanding Use of a Madness or Sug Song in a Movie. So Herbert Awards, you may be wondering, why did we come up with that? Well, basically it's taken from a quote. When Suggs had said that the band was a load of spotty Herberts from Camden Town when they started. I'm not really sure what a Herbert is, but it doesn't matter so much. For us, it means the awards for Madness-related songs and movies. And Madness did have a song called Herbert, too, on uh, Can't Touch Us Now. the red carpet at the Herbert Awards. Polly, you look very sharp in your tuxedo. Thanks so much. And I've got on my little black dress and we are waiting for the stars to arrive. Look, here comes Suggs and Anne. Oh, wow. Anne is looking stunning in a classic red Oscar de la Renta dress. Wow. And here comes Betters and Woody. Over here, Woody. Woody, Woody. And he won't look at us. Oh, hey, look, there's Chris, Chris Foreman. Hi, Chris, Chris. And it would appear that a large crane has pulled up. What is this? It's Lee Thompson suspended from a wire. He did not make an entrance any other way. Our first award for best use of a madness song in an animated film. The nominees are Shark Tale, 
The Prince, What Will You Remix? Thunder in the House of Magic, House of Fun. And Shaun the Sheep movie, House of Fun. And the winner is, it is House of Fun from Shaun the Sheep movie. use of a madness song in an art house film? The nominees are The Edge of Love, Hang Out the Stars in Indiana by Suggs. And for the movie Frank, It Must Be Love by Madness. The envelope, please. And the winner is Suggs, Hang Out the Stars in Indiana for The Edge of Love. This is the first Herbert Award for Suggs. Okay, next we have Best Use of a Madness Song in a Foreign Language Film. The nominees are Derwixer, The Wizard, The Vexer, NW5, There is a Loneliness in It, My Girl 2. And the winner is My Girl 2 from There is a Loneliness in It. The best use of a madness song in an action or crime drama. The nominees are From the Avengers, I Am by Stubbs. From Cass, One Step Beyond by Madness. A Girl Walks Into a Bar, On the Town, also by Madness. And the winner is Suggs, I Am from the Avengers. Wow, Suggs is just killing him. Two Herbert Awards today. Who would have thought it? Okay, our next award for best use of a madness song in a comedy. The nominees are Mean Machine, Baggy Trousers, and The Brothers Grimsby, Our House. And the winner of best use of a madness song in a comedy is... Our house from the Brothers Grimsby. Here to accept the award is Chris Foreman. This one, yeah, it's done very well. And like, I, I do quite well out of sync licenses, you know? Like, people want to use it. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's done me well. <laughs> The best use of a madness song in a romantic comedy. The nominees are The Tall Guy, It Must Be Love. The Bachelor, It Must Be Love. Ten Things I Hate About You for Wings of a Dove. Someone Like You for It Must Be Love. And License to Wed also for It Must Be Love. The envelope, please. Wings of a Dove, 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, a stunning upset. It must be love was widely favored to win. Wings of a Dove rightly deserves it, though, I think. And that concludes our first ever Herbert Awards. Thank you for participating. Polly, 
Kelly, you chose this week's closing song. Do you want to talk about it or do you want me to talk about it? So while it's a little hard to explain, it's probably best do a listen. The song is Not Shifi Ken Cairo by King Django. Now he's a band lead from New York in the ska rock city dance hall genre. Um, and it is a very interesting take on Night Boat to Cairo. So Polly, I reached out to an old friend of mine, one of my former professors. Her name is Jody Harris Laughlin. Formerly, she was a Near Eastern archaeologist. So she knows a lot about that region of the world. And she also speaks a few different languages, including Yiddish. So I played the song for her and asked her if she could help us identify the language. So she thinks that it's Ladino, which is a Sephardic Spanish Hebrew hybrid. It was spoken by Sephardic Jews in Spain. But she said she did hear some Yiddish slang in it as well. So she explained, Ladino uses Hebraic constructs and sounds mixed with Spanish. It's like the Sephardic answer to Yiddish, which is mainly Ashkenazi. So I thought that was really interesting. So thank you, Jody Harris Laughlin, for your info. And uh, thank you, Polly, for picking this unusual song. All right. And on that note, it's a goodbye from me. Go get a popcorn. And that's a goodbye from me. Go get a beer, Stateside Madness. Schwimmen lost sich auf weg auf den Nil. Schwimmen lost sich auf weg auf den Nil.